0: Welcome to Ask Peggy About Your Finances, because prosperity is so much more than money. Brought to you by writer, speaker, and certified financial planner, Peggy Doviak. Hello, and welcome to the Ask Peggy About Your Finances show. My name is Peggy Doviak, and I am a certified financial planner practitioner. This is a show for you, to help you understand your money. We look at the stock market and try to figure out what's going on. We look at legislation that impacts your finances. Try to give you some updates so that you're aware of what's going on up on Capitol Hill. Then in the Plan Your Prosperity segment, we look at different financial planning issues. And then finally, in Ask Peggy, you have the opportunity to send me financial questions. You can send them to my website, which is PeggyDowiak.com. That's P-E-G-G-Y-D-O-V-I-A-K.com. And then on the contact page, there's a box that you can type your questions in, or you can go to the Peggy Doviak Author Facebook page or the Ask Peggy Facebook page. I'd love to hear from you. Feel free to send me some questions, and let's get started. Thank you to Voices of Oklahoma, KVOY 104.5 FM, for the opportunity to share my ideas. Thank you also to Sports Talk 1400 in Norman for production and studio assistance. This week's Bulls and Bears Market and Economic Update is for the five-day period ending November 26, 2018. So it's not really for last week because we had Thanksgiving and we had some market closures last week. But the way I get the data, it comes over a five-day period. So that won't include Thanksgiving, but it's good enough to give you an idea that really the market had a rotten week last week. The Dow went down almost 4%. The S&P 500 went down a little over 3.5%. The NASDAQ was down over 4% at 414 Now, gold was very flat, 0.06% up. And oil was by far the biggest loser of the week, down 10.74%. I know sometimes it sounds like I say the same thing week over week, but I want to point out to you that even though it was a really nasty week in the market, gold didn't go up. So I just think it's very important when you're looking at diversifiers that you pay attention to what's actually going on with them. I'm not knocking gold. I'm not saying that gold's a bad investment because I don't want to give investment advice ever on this show. But I do want to point out to you that gold might not have done what you thought it did. On the other hand, why did the markets go down so much? Well, I think some of this actually comes from the fact that oil went down 10.74 percent, and there's some issues with the um, the political situation with Saudi Arabia right now, and there's some issues of possibly overproduction, maybe people opening the taps a little bit, flooding the oil market with more oil, and oil has been, you know, a great. Um, a great sector this year. And a 10% correction in oil isn't the end of the world, but it's 10% in a week. And so I do think it's important to watch this. It's really good for filling up your gas tank, but it's not necessarily as good for the overall economy. And we want to be sure what it's really a signal of. So I'm really not a fan of oil dropping that hard that fast. Market obviously wasn't either. Now, some of the earnings came down out below expectations. I'm like, Target's earnings were lower than average. I think that this worried the market because there's an anticipation that this year's Christmas season is going to be awesome because consumer confidence is so high. Consumer confidence numbers are extremely high, so you would think retail would be great, and yet some of the retail numbers from the earnings, when I say numbers, I'm really talking about retail earnings, haven't come in quite as good as anticipated. So... My opinion is the jury might still be out about whether or not this Christmas season is awesome. We'll just watch it. We'll see. Hopefully this week the market will settle out a little bit. You know, there'll be more volume. There won't be a holiday. And if anything else interesting happens, I will be sure to let you know. Thank you to Voices of Oklahoma, KVOY 104.5 FM, for the opportunity to share my ideas. Thank you also to Sports Talk 1400 in Norman for production and studio assistance. Welcome back to the legislative update of the Ask Peggy About Your Finances show. My name is Peggy Doviak, and if you listen to the show regularly, you know that I've been very concerned with the deregulation of the financial services industry that's happened over the last two years, basically since the Trump inauguration. Well, the times they are a-changing, and Maxine Waters is going to be the new chair of the Financial Services Committee. That's going to make the whole financial landscape very different for consumers over the next two years. So the head of the Financial Services Committee oversees the American banking system and its regulators. It also appears to have some oversight over the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, which you know has really languished under the Trump administration. And so now Maxine Waters is in charge of all of it. So she is opposed to Trump's deregulation of banks and financial institutions, which means that some of the softening of the stress test ideas, some of the opposition to a fiduciary standard, there will at least be committee work being done to say, no, this isn't the right thing to do. And anything that actually involves a vote of the Senate and the House then to be signed by the president probably the financial deregulation days are over because I don't anticipate this House, with its majority, approving of financial deregulation in the way that things were occurring the last two years. Now, additionally, they probably can't propose anything that will pass the Senate and get signed off by President Trump. So it's not that really we've got a situation where things get better better per se, but I think there's going to be a lot of bright sunlight flashed into some corners that have been pretty dark and full of spiders the last two years. And, you know, sunlight is a really good disinfectant. So I will be curious to see how well of a message can be created for the American public about what's going on in the banking and financial world. Because I know this is difficult. I do appreciate you listening to the show. You're obviously more interested because you're still with me listening to this. But it's really overwhelming to a lot of people. And I think it's very important if we're going to try to help the American public decide what they want out of their financial professionals, they really need to understand what they have. And I'm completely convinced that they don't. You know that's one of the goals of my show. I'm really hoping that that will be one of the goals of the new um, financial services committee, just so that everything gets bright and everything becomes more clear. Additionally, just as a side note, uh, Maxine Waters has said that she plans to investigate Deutsche Bank, which was one of the major lenders to Trump, and she's going to ask for his tax returns. But I really. Don't think she's probably going to get them. We'll have to wait and see how all of this plays out. Certainly, it's a very different environment on Capitol Hill concerning your money than it was before the midterms. It's a different attitude on other things as well. But all we talk about here is your money. And I'm really hopeful that maybe some of this can stop, some of it can reverse, and the American public can have a better idea of what's going on with their money. Thank you to Voices of Oklahoma, KVOY 104.5 FM, for the opportunity to share my ideas. Thank you also to Sports Talk 1400 in Norman for production and studio assistance. Welcome back to the Plan Your Prosperity segment of the Ask Peggy About Your Finances show. So we're coming on to Christmas and already on so many of the radio stations, they're playing Christmas carols. And you hear them singing out joyfully, it's the most wonderful time of the year. And yet, when you're trying to figure out how to handle holiday gifts for your children, especially if money's a little tight, this doesn't feel like the most wonderful time of the year. In fact, it can be really depressing and unbelievably stressful. Well, this is a show designed to help you prosper. Remember that I say sort of regularly that prosperity is so much more than money. And that's so important to remember as you're getting ready for the Christmas season or any holiday season that you're celebrating in December or just simply December because it's there. I really worry that we put a lot of expectations on people and people feel guilty if they aren't able to give their child the latest, greatest, most fabulous toy in the world. And it can be kind of tricky for the kids too. So what happens too often is people just put it all on a credit card and then suddenly it's January and about January 15th, you realize that you've got some real problems on your hand because you've overspent. So I want to give you some strategies this week to help you not do that so that when you're trying to figure out what to do for the family holidays, that it's fun for everybody. The first thing that I want to remind you of is it's okay not to buy that item that your child really wants, especially if that item is expensive. Now, I would explain to them how money works because you know kids don't have any concept of money they don't know how money works they don't understand how many hours you have to work in order to get something they can't relate it to anything so you know if it's an expensive gift and you can't do it and you know that you can't i would be honest with them and i would say you know what we have a lot of awesome things in our family We've got love, we're together, we're going to have a great Christmas season. This particular year, I just can't buy it. And make it a gift coming from you rather than any other way of acquiring it. And that way you don't have to explain anything you might not want to have to explain. So help them understand what the gift would cost in their own dollars and cents understanding. If they're teenagers, you can explain to them how many tanks of gas this gift costs. Or if they've got a job, if it's a minimum wage job, tell them how many hours it is. It's okay to share with them some of the extra things that you have to pay for in December. I think honesty is your best policy. Now, (laughs) before you go too far on the other end, I also very strongly believe that you should not stress children with financial things that they can't control. And in this case, I'm using the word children pretty broadly. I'm including teenagers because teenagers can't go out and get $25,000 a year job. They just can't do it. So you don't want to make them afraid. You don't want to make them fearful about the family's financial situation. But instead, what you do want to help them do is begin to have some healthy money attitudes. You know, if you can explain to them that they don't necessarily get every single thing they want, this is actually a really great Christmas present because I don't care how much money they ever earn. I don't care how successful they ever are. There will be someone who has more money than they do. There will be someone who has a newer car, who has a bigger house, who has a boat and a couple of jet skis. And if you can help your children develop a really healthy attitude around money and be okay with not getting the latest and greatest thing, then you're going to help them not try to keep up with those people for the rest of their lives. And that's a permanent gift, even though right now it might not be what you want to have to say. So let's assume that your child has come to you and they want a gift and you really can afford it. But you know how these things go. Every month it's something else. This month it's got to be this. This month it's got to be that. Every single time they mention it, they've got to have it. So try to get some longevity. When they come to you with a gift that they want that you can afford to buy them, then tell them you want them to remind you of this in a week. You know, now, this is a Christmas program, and this is already the end of November. Typically, I would tell you to wait a month, but I understand that the timeline here is a little compressed. See if they still want it in a week. Don't mention the toy during the week, okay? Just, I mean, talk about everything else, but don't bring it up. See if they bring it up the next Saturday. If they really, really, really want that, they're going to remember and they're going to tell you on Saturday. If they don't bring it up, then you might start listening for other gift ideas. Because I think the very worst thing that can happen is you spend a whole bunch of money on gifts that they end up not playing with, not using, not wanting at the end of the day. If you can't get them that gift they want, I would not recommend buying a one-off knockoff of it without talking to them first. Because brand names and certain things are everything, especially to teenagers. So you might be better off going in a completely different direction with the Christmas present rather than buying a knockoff of that thing that they said they wanted. Because again, you want to give them something they will love and they will use and if it isn't exactly what they were hoping it would be, but it's just close enough that everybody's going to know it wasn't that, you might be better off going in, in a different direction. I want you to teach your children to be generous this holiday season. I think that teaching generosity, kindness of spirit, doing good for others is something that we aren't doing enough Of today. We need to teach compassion. We need to teach um, just generosity, giving. It doesn't have to be money, it can be holding the door open for somebody who's struggling to get through, it can be putting a little bit of change in the bucket outside of the department store. It can be giving a little money at whatever house of worship or whatever charity you find valuable. My belief is that part of what goes wrong with young people, and you know, every single generation says it, and so I don't think one generation is any better or worse than the next, but they all tend to think that the world revolves around them. And we do a lot to encourage that because, for the most part, we do revolve the world around them. I think it's good to get them to step outside of themselves and to learn to do good for others. It would be really nice if you could go and do, like, stockings for a secret Santa or um, serve food at a homeless shelter. Then the follow-up to this is after the first of the year, go back to the homeless shelter again when it's not quite so trendy and popular to be helping out the homeless, because the homeless are going to be cold and hungry in January and February just as much as they are today. So go now, but then go back and try to give your children that, that basic sense of decency and generosity that I think we don't have enough of. And it'll make you feel good, too, because we all like to do things that are good for other people. So finally, I think the biggest gift you can give your children is your time. And by time, I would recommend taking any holiday traditions that you used to do. For some reason, we all seem to have more time in the past. We used to do lots of things we don't bother doing today. And I want you to choose one of them, all of them if you have time, but at least one. And I want you to bring that family tradition back. So maybe it's everybody gets together and plays games one evening, and maybe you make pizza so that it doesn't become a really expensive evening, but you do something together. If you put up a tree or light a menorah or celebrate another holiday, find that thing that's meaningful to you. Find that thing that meant something to you when you were little. Maybe everybody piles in the car and you all go look at Christmas lights. I want you to spend time together. I know. I hear what you're saying. I'm in a soundproof booth and I hear what you're saying anyway, I don't have time. We don't have time. We've got programs. We've got practice. We've got this. We've got that. Okay. It is just November 26th. It is a full month before Christmas. Somewhere between now and December 25th, you can find one morning to have breakfast together Or one evening to have lights. I'm not saying that we're trying to create the Walton's Christmas here and string around popcorn and cranberries. I want you to do something where you spend time as a family. I want you to spend time with the people that you love That lack of time is exactly why you need to do this, because it will be the gift that everybody talks about, and it doesn't cost a lot of money. So plan now, get everybody's cell phones out, look at the day timers, figure out when you've got the time. Block out the time, spend it together. It will be a fabulous event, you will have a great time, And next year, I bet you do more of it. Thank you to Voices of Oklahoma, KVOY 104.5 FM, for the opportunity to share my ideas. Thank you also to Sports Talk 1400 in Norman for production and studio assistance. Welcome back to the Ask Peggy segment of the Ask Peggy About Your Finances show. And I've got two great questions today. The first question is, Peggy, I keep hearing about a Santa Claus rally. What is it? Well, a Santa Claus rally is a common expression for people who follow the stock market. And it talks about the belief that the market will typically go up the last week of December right up until the very first of the year. So basically that Christmas week, Santa Claus coming at Christmas, so it's a Santa Claus rally. The data doesn't really support that there are huge rallies in December. There is a little bit of a bump, but you'll see this at the end of every single quarter. Remember that portfolio managers have numbers and expectations that they need to make. And so it's not uncommon to see the whole market kind of pull together to try to get to that number it's supposed to be at at the end of the quarter. It's not market manipulation, it's just kind of nudging it along a little bit. So sometimes at the end of every quarter, before the next quarter begins, you'll see a bit of a rally. Then once everybody's made their numbers, if they need to sell some stuff off and make some portfolio adjustments, they do that at the beginning of the next quarter and then people don't really notice it because people look at their portfolio statements about four times a year and that manager's got a lot of time to to make up the money for anything that they've lost in those adjustments. So the end of the quarter is compounded slightly at the end of the year because you have yearly numbers in addition to quarterly numbers. So yes, there is a bit of a rally. I think sometimes, too, the stock market reacts if people are just in a good mood over the holiday season because sometimes you'll see that the whole month of December will be slightly better than it had been up until then. In fact, if you follow financial news at all, you'll be reading a lot about a Santa Claus rally right now, which is one reason why I wanted to talk about it today. There's lots of people hoping December is a fabulous month in the market because this year hasn't been good. With the losses of last week, the year is actually negative so far. So people are hoping that there's a Santa Claus rally. They're basically just hoping the market goes up in December. A couple of points really have to be brought out. We're not up for the year, but we were up an insane amount last year. Markets don't go straight up so that the idea that after last year's gains and everything the market had handed to it, pretty much on a silver platter, that it would be followed by the year of not a lot of gains doesn't surprise me at all. And it doesn't surprise a lot of analysts. And now that it looks like there may be more regulation, which you already know my bias there, I think that's a good thing. The market's not that crazy with that news, though. They kind of like the deregulation. They kind of like the free-for-all. So, you know, you might have a little bit of tamping of expectations. I don't anticipate a 25% market next year. Now, I don't know that I think we're headed straight out into a recession either, but I do think that next year could be flat. In the meantime, of course I want a Santa Claus rally. If you've got a retirement plan or an IRA, you want a Santa Claus rally too. We'll just have to wait to see if we get it. If we get it, it's awesome. If we don't get it, you know, a lot of years it's not really that obvious. So we'll just have to wait and kind of see what happens next. So my second question this week is, Peggy, I want to finish up my charitable giving by the end of the year. I heard it's not deductible anymore, is that true? And no, that's not true. Charitable donations are still deductible after the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. And actually, they raise the percentage of your income you can donate from 50% of your income to 60% of your income as part of the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act legislation. What's messing people up is the increase in the standard deduction it's not as easy to itemize under these new rules as it used to be. So when people are saying, can I deduct my charitable donations? Well, if their charitable donations and the rest of their deductions are less than their standard deduction, then no, they can't because they're taking the standard deduction. But remember, if it's less, you're actually getting more in standard deduction than you would have. So it comes off the taxes. It just comes off as an increase in standard deduction rather than a charitable donation per se. So some people are opting to bulk up their donations every other year so that they give more money one year and they take the, um, they take the itemized deduction and then the next year they don't give as much and they take the, char- the um, standard deduction. You can do that, If you're really wanting to itemize, if you're really wanting to get that additional bang for your buck, I mean, certainly it would give you a bigger deduction if you were giving enough that when you bulked it up one year, you got higher than the standard deduction. And then the next year you take the standard deduction and you don't give as much. I just have to say something here, and certainly this is probably not good financial planning advice, but remember these charities really do need our help every year. You should do what is in your best interest. I would never suggest that you not. But I hate to see charitable giving just boiled down to can I deduct it or can I not? Because I'm afraid these charities are really going to have a hard time. So make sure that you've got your plan talk to your CPA know what you're doing remember for a deduction to or for a charitable deduction to be deductible this year it must be given by December 31st the only bleed over in the tax code is the IRA contribution which can be done up until April 15th of the next year but everything else in your finances has to be finished by the end of the year or it doesn't count Remember, too, that gifts of cash aren't deductible, and anything you donate has to be in good condition or better. And if you do that, everything will work out great. Well, I can't believe how fast the show went again. Have a wonderful, prosperous holiday season. Do not stress about your money, and I will see you next week with a new show. Bye. Thank you to Voices of Oklahoma, KVOY 104.5 FM, for the opportunity to share my ideas. Thank you also to Sports Talk 1400 in Norman for production and studio assistance. You may submit personal finance questions to the Ask Peggy Facebook page and learn more at peggydoviak.com. And remember, prosperity is so much more than money.